We're back. You know, it's Chase and Josh of Factor Fantasy. That's Chase and I'm Josh. And we're here to give you episode three in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series today. This is an action-packed episode. A lot of detail, a lot of action. Like we just mentioned, this is going to be where, I wouldn't say the rubber meets the road, but we're going to really see some badassery, the best way I can put it. Uh, where we kind of dive into the details of what happens in this specific episode. I'd say to this point in the series, this has been this will be have been the climatic episode right here before it closes out with the final episode in the Obi Wan series. But damn, this one's got some great stuff, and I'm could be more excited to bring it to you today. You know, last week Chase guided us through episode two, so we're gonna shift back to me. I'll take us here through episode three, and before we go ahead and jump into, I'll turn the floor over to Chase. We can say a few words, and then we'll get right into it revenge <laughs> that's all i'll say for this episode man but man this one's going to be one hell of a ride and talk about full circle so i'll let you uh kick us off man let's get it going malice in the chalice brother it sounds like a plan yeah cheers to you man cheers to me we're the cheers. best friends that i'll ever be <laughs> all right well this is going to be fun to kind of start diving through because if you guys remember what happened last week we really talked about how at the end, uh, Obi-Wan found out through Reva that Anakin Skywalker is still alive. He didn't know. For all these 10 years, he thought he killed Anakin on that planet with all the fire and the lava. And this is, like Chase was saying, there's some full circles here. And he finally found out last week when we talked about this that Anakin Skywalker is still alive. So this episode here, episode three, opens up with Obi-Wan on that cargo ship that him and Leia escaped on. And he, again, is calling out to his old master, Qui-Gon, but is receiving no answer. And this is a re reoccurring theme, and this is going to play a continuous role throughout the series of Obi-Wan trying to get some sort of wisdom or advice from his master. If you guys remember, Qui-Gon obviously died in The Phantom Menace, uh, but there are times where you can use a force and you can speak to people who have passed on. So, anyways, Obi-Wan is having these internal flashbacks. He hears Reva's voice mocking him that he didn't know Anakin was alive. He hears Yoda's voice saying, Only pain you will find. And then he hears Qui-Gon's voice making him promise to train the boy. Then he hears Anakin's voice. And it says, If you're not with me, you're my enemy. Don't make me kill you. And then he's like, I do not fear the dark side. I see through the, through the lies of the Jedi. And all this is going on in Obi-Wan's head. And as this is going on, we kind of get intermittent cutscenes to Anakin getting pulled from the back to tank and having these robot arms put his suit on. And finally, at the end of Kenobi's internal flashbacks, Obi-Wan calls out to Qui-Gon one more time. He says, he's coming, Master. And we see Darth Vader in full uniform for the first time in the series. Badass. He looks super menacing. And it has like the old school... It's so sick. I thought that was a really, really cool ad and nice touch that they did here. And like I said, and you really think about it too. This is this is really the new modern age technology we get to see with how great and sleek Darth Vader's suit looks. And, it, and it, they did such a great job of paying tribute to the original suit that we found in the, the first three uh, movies. Like obviously the, the New Hope, the uh, Return of the Jedi, and um, like the, what was it, the Empire Strikes Back, those three. That this that it was a great homage to that suit. It looks really like similar to it, but you can see the the little tweaks in the visuals throughout the years because that was those were in the '70s, and now we're obviously in 2022. So I thought that was really cool to see. But uh, we have Vader having this hologram meeting with Riva, and this is another really cool part. I know we talked about this two episodes ago, where they start bringing certain original casts back in, and we hear Vader's voice, and it's the voice of James Earl Jones. And he's back with his reprises role as Darth Vader, and I thought that was a great touch as well. Uh, he asks where Obi-Wan is, and he tells her that Kenobi is all that matters now. And Vader's telling Reva that he has been watching her, and he knows what it is that she seeks, and that if she proves herself, that she'll be the Grand Inquisitor, but if she fails, she will not live to regret it. So the scene cuts back to Obi-Wan, and he's fixing Leia's droid Lola. And she's kind of impatient because they're going a little bit too slow for her liking, and so she asks about the Force and what it feels like. And Obi-Wan tells her, and asks her more like, have you ever been afraid of the dark? And she nods her head, and he says, well, how does it feel when you turn on the light? And she replies, I feel safe. Obi-Wan says, yes, it feels like that. 
and he gives her back Lola all fixed, that little droid. And that's going to play a role as well coming up here between this episode and next episode. So anyways, the cargo ship lands on the planet Mapuzo, and they get off, and they're very careful to avoid detection by the droids that are unloading the, the cargo stuff, and they start making their way towards the coordinates that Haja Estre provided them in the last episode, but Obi-Wan's a little bit skeptical. But Leia, just like child, like children tend to do, she wants to believe in the good, and he tells her, well, people are not all good, Leia, because she wants to think that, hey, there maybe there's some people out here that are trying to help us. But Obi-Wan, he's just been so shell-shocked from all of his like, life being in a war- like a warrior and he's been in hiding that he's just used to things going sideways. And he doesn't even have any hope whatsoever. He just assumes it's all shit from the beginning. And honestly, it kind of bites him in the ass. Like, maybe if he just took a step back and, and you know, tried a little bit, you know, we would, something, like, there's a few things that might not have happened. And I'll just say that. But they end up, they talk about the Empire and how they ruined the planet. And Leia says... That she thought the Empire was supposed to help people. To which Obi-Wan responds that there are people like her dad that are trying to. But that seems like a losing battle these days. And this is where we get a really cool moment. Because in the distance, Obi-Wan sees someone in a brown cloak. And he turns around and shoulders. And he sees, and this is what is great for us here. Because this is the first time we see this actor since Revenge of the Sith as well. We see Anakin, the way he looked before their Battle of the Heroes in Revenge of the Sith. So Hayden Christensen is back, looks so fucking sick, and Obi-Wan looks back to Leia as because like, he's having this like weird, like, you know, he's almost going into shock. And he, ha- he looks back to Leia as she's trying to get his attention, and he finally snaps out of it and looks back to where that Anakin was standing and realizes it was just a mirage. And he grabs Leia and tells her, stay close. So at that point, the scene shifts to Reva. And she lands on the planet that the Inquisitors are stationed on. We find out that later on the planet's called Nur, and we'll find out, you know, a little bit about it. But to me, and I even mentioned this in my notes here, I said the building that they're in, like the Inquisitor base, looked a lot like Eratusa from The Witcher, like the the Mage School. I thought it kind of resembled that a little bit on its own little island, like a, the shape of a, like a pyramid or a triangle. It looked pretty cool. I thought it looked pretty menacing, pretty sick. But anyway, she approaches the room with the fifth brother and the other Inquisitor's sister, and Reva tells them that Kenobi is in one of their mining systems. She tells them that they should send out all remaining probes now, and the fifth brother kind of checks her. He says that she's not in charge here, and that the Grand Inquisitor C is his, not hers, that he's the one that's next in line. And he even kind of shows a level of force, and he pulls her down to the table, and she's kind of stuck there for a little bit. And she ends up telling him that she just spoke to Lord Vader, and that he asked her to lead the hunt, and that unless the fifth brother feels like she should follow his orders instead, that they should probably listen to what she's got to fucking say. So Reva tells them all, send out the probes, do it now. Then the fifth brother approaches her and says, I will get what I deserve, third sister, and so will you. To which Reva responds, I hope so. I certainly hope so. Then we see the probes that are sent out from that planet. The scene then shifts back to Obi-Wan and Leia, and he tries to remind her of their cover story, how they're farmers from Tall, and that she doesn't talk. And so they arrive at the coordinates that Haja gave them, and nobody is there. And so Obi-Wan, of course, immediately thinks it was all a lie, and it's not, not necessarily a trap, but basically a waste of time, and they're stuck there now, and so they don't really know what to do. And they see a transit vehicle driving by. Leia waves it down, hoping that the person or whoever's driving it can give them a ride to the spaceport, even though Obi-Wan tells her that it's not safe. I think it's funny, because we're starting to see this Leia girl, 10 years old, just taking command of all these situations, like she owns the place, and it's really great. It's very reminiscent of her mother, Padme, uh, from the original trilogy. I Not the original trilogy, I'm sorry, the prequels. I thought it was really cool to see that. So, Anyways, uh, Leia takes command and tells the driver that her name is Luma, and that her father's name is Orden, that they're farmers from Tall, and the driver's name is Freck, and he agrees to give them a ride to the spaceport. And Obi-Wan didn't want a ride. He just like, hey, no, all we need is some directions. And Leia says that they've walked long enough, and she just hops in the back. Doesn't even give him a chance to like, do anything. She just she walks to the beat of her own drum. It's pretty cool. But Obi-Wan follows, and as he gets on, he sees on the little flag that's attached to the back of that little vehicle the sign of the Empire. So we know that they, these people are not friends of their cause. So... They're having this conversation with the driver, Freck, and Freck tells him that there's good people out in Tall, that they pay their way, they listen to the Empire, and Leia's like, oh, absolutely, we love the Empire. He's like, she's just awesome, man. She's, what a great casting choice she was, and they did great with her character. I did, I did love uh, 10-year-old Leia there. She did great. But 
Uh, Freck ends up stopping his vehicle and picks up some stormtroopers who are waiting on transport that was late for them. Freck introduces the troopers to Orden and Luma, obviously Obi-Wan and Leia, and we find out that the troopers are on orders looking for a Jedi. So the troopers ask them what they're doing out there, and Leia starts with the story, and Obi-Wan continues it about how he was taking her to the spot where he met her mother before she passed away. Uh, and I also thought this was kind of weird, strange writing. The trooper just randomly asks if they've heard anything about a Jedi. Like, there's some of their farmers from another planet. What do you think? Are you heard anything about a Jedi? Like, what the fuck? Like, uh, I just thought they threw that in there, and it, to me it didn't fit nicely, but it is what it is. But uh, anyways, Obi-Wan ends up fucking up, because Leia says nothing when the trooper asks if they've heard anything about a Jedi. She says nothing. Are you sure that you're being on this planet? And Obi-Wan says... They know what they're doing, Leia. And the problem here is he uses her real name instead of the fake name that they gave Freck. And then Stormtroopers notice, like, Leia, you said her name was Luma. And so Obi-Wan has to do this fucking damage control and says that Leia was her mother's name and that he gets confused. And he says, sometimes when I look at Luma, I see her mother's face. And what was cool about that, it was actually genuine. You could see him look at her when he said this. So even though the names are wrong, he really does right. see uh, Padme in Leia. I thought that was really cool. So, uh, after the, the stormtroopers disembark, Leia looks at Obi-Wan and says, You knew her. My real mother, didn't you? And Obi-Wan replies, It was just a story. And Leia says, The whole time I've known you, you've been hiding something. Lying to me. And Obi-Wan says, Leia. And she cuts him off. Are you my real father? And Obi-Wan says, I wish that I could say I was. But I'm not. And Obi-Wan does end up telling her a little bit of story about that as a Jedi, they're taken from their families when they're very young, and that he still has glimpses or flashes of his life before the Jedi. His mother's shawl, his father's hands, and he remembers a baby and thinks that he had a brother, but he really doesn't remember him, but wishes that he did. And this is interesting, because we never get this side of what happens when Jedi are taken when they're young. So it's cool to get a little backstory that they actually have families that they're taken from, and he could have lived a very normal life, but... He had the, the Jedi potential, and now Obi-Wan is who we come to know. But he was taken from just a regular family that most people grew up with. He just a mother, a father, a brother, and ends up getting taken. But uh, he said then he joined the Jedi and got a new family, sort of like Leia, who was adopted. So Freck takes them up to an inspection stop. And he ends up betraying Leia and Obi-Wan because he gets off and tells the troopers that yeah, he picked up some strangers and that they might want to check him out. So the troopers approach a vehicle and tell him to step out, and a, a seeker droid approaches, and it has like this facial recognition ability, and it starts to scan, and Obi-Wan's trying to hide the, his face underneath the, um, the, the shawl of the cloak there, the, the hood of the cloak, I should say. Uh, but it's too late. It identifies Obi-Wan, and so he shoots the droid, and he starts taking out the troopers, and I thought this was kind of cool. One of He shot one that was on the cliff, and it fell to where the lasers were, and it cut the, the trooper's body in half. I thought that was pretty dope. But he, he takes them all out until the last one has Leia hostage style with the, like, the blaster to Leia's head and tells Obi-Wan to put the gun down. And Obi-Wan pretends to put the blaster down and shoots a badass precision shot, taking out the last trooper. He then grabs Leia, disengages a laser barrier, but then a new cargo a ship full of reinforcement troopers arrive and they surround him and tell him to get on the ground and they're about to be taken captive that is until the captain of that troop and battalion takes out her own troopers from behind starts shooting in the back and if you guys know who this is the actress she's actually Alaria Sand let's go <laughs> let's go baby let's go <laughs> always full circle motherfuckers <laughs> let's go i really do exactly. love how the star wars universe is doing this because remember in mandalorian the one who plays uh din Djarin is oberon martell from game of thrones and now this trooper who plays tala is his paramour Alaria sand the like his longtime girlfriend or I don't know if it was the galaxies love so. Dorn, man. They just keep going down to Dorn and recruiting people. <laughs> Good stuff. I thought that was really cool, and she was a great casting choice for the for like the, the character that she was portraying. I think I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it at all. She was great. Yeah. But anyways, the the, the scene. The scene shifts to the Inquisitors, and they receive the signal from the droid before Obi Wan destroyed it, and they now know he is on Mapuzo. So Reva says that she will inform Lord Vader, but the fifth brother already beat her to it. And Reva says to him, you want to take the credit? Go ahead. But we both know who will be standing by his side when this is over. 
And then the other Inquisitor sister gives the order to have every single port shut down, nobody in or out of Mapuzo. So the scene shifts back to Obi-Wan and Leia, and the captain, and again, her name's Tala, who saved them. Tala tells them that Haja gave Obi-Wan the right coordinates, and that she was on her way when the probes arrived, but they had already gone. And Obi-Wan tells her that he didn't expect anyone to come. So basically, if he trusted a little bit more and maybe listened to Leia and you know, the child's innocence might have saved them some hard times there because they wouldn't have, the, the Empire wouldn't have found out where Obi-Wan was because they wouldn't have been captured if they had just stayed at the coordinates. Uh, they wouldn't have, like, the secret droid wouldn't have identified, I don't want to say captured, the secret droid wouldn't have identified Obi-Wan and they wouldn't have had the whole issue taking out the stormtroopers and all that if he would have just stayed where they were supposed to stay. So they wouldn't be in this predicament, but it is what it is. So Tala tells them that the Empire has gone into high alert and shut everything down. She says that she can get them to the port and that there's a pilot that's agreed to take them, but he's not scheduled for a few hours, so they're going to need to lay low for a little bit. And, and, and during this time, Leia, she misses home, and she talks about how she didn't mean to run away and cause all these problems. But, you know, Obi-Wan tries to tell her, you, you didn't cause all this. You know, this, this was, this was going to happen some way, shape, or form. You know, they were after... Kenobi for 10 years uh, something was going to end up breaking so she, he's got to tell her that it's not her, her fault then Tala calls him over to a droid maintenance building and it's all automated so the droids there they don't talk back like normal droids do and have conversations they don't allow them to communicate so this droid he's a large one too his, his name is Ned 8 I'm sorry Ned B <clears throat> so Ned B and Lola, or I'm sorry, Leia, try to have this conversation. That's when they find out that Ned B can't communicate. But Lola shows Ned B her droid, Lola, and we find out that Lola's actual name is L0LA59. And <clears throat> I thought this was kind of cool. This was a little quick dialogue between Tala and Leia. She because this is about how the droid can't communicate. And she says, "What if he has something to say?" And Tala responds, actions speak louder than words. And that's going to be the, a little bit of a foreshadow for what the droid does later on here in this episode. So anyways, we learned that they have safe houses throughout the galaxy, and they're trying to link the systems. They call it the path, and that Obi-Wan isn't the first Jedi to go through there. And Tala tells him that all of it leads to Jabim, and from there they give Jedi, or anyone who's Force-sensitive, and their supporters, new identities, and get them out. And we learned that Empire is hunting everyone that is force sensitive, even children. And to me, that's not really a surprise, seeing as in the uh, prequels, we saw Anakin kill a bunch of young Padawans in Revenge of the Sith. So of course they're gonna hunt children. That doesn't surprise me in the slightest. But anyways, Obi-Wan recognizes Quinlan, which is the name of one of the Jedis there. And on the wall, he had written down this quote. It says, only when the eyes are closed, can you truly see? And Leia asks, see what? And Obi-Wan replies, the way. And then I thought that's kind of a cool allusion, maybe to Mandalorian, that this is the way. <laughs> but I thought that was yeah. kind of cool. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, the troopers start banging on the door and barge in. They start sweeping the premises, saying a Jedi was seen entering. And they question the droid, but they don't realize that it doesn't communicate that it's just a loader. But the loader does seem to understand a little bit of what's going on because it took a metal mallet and was holding it behind its back, ready to knock these fucking troopers out if it needed to. And. Uh, and the, the, the troopers don't press the issue. They end up leaving the maintenance building, and you know they're all good for right now. So then Tala calls a pilot and tells him that they've been compromised and that they're gonna they they're coming to him and that he needs to get this ship ready now. And as they're starting to kind of gear up, I do think this is a, an amazing foreshadow, not just for this series and towards the end of what Leia dresses up like before we close out this series. Uh, with the six episodes here in the Obi-Wan Kenobi. But this is an amazing foreshadow for the original trilogy when we see Princess Leia and what she has here. Because we're talking at this point, Tal is talking to her. She's putting the gun belt on herself. And Leia is watching her do it. And Tal says, I wear it on the other side. It gives me a faster draw. And Leia asks her, can you teach me how to shoot? And then Tal directs her attention to Obi-Wan and says, she'll make a good fighter one day. And Obi-Wan says, yes, I think you might be right. And that, that's just huge because that gun belt is one of Leia's, you know, sig signifying characteristics and traits from the original trilogy. So I thought that was really amazing the way they did that. And like, we always talk about how these new series such as The Mandalorian and this really do bring in all the fans from the very, very beginning to brand new ones. So it's, it's, it's beautiful, beautiful writing there. I really enjoyed it. And then Tala tells Obi-Wan that she joined the Empire when she thought the Empire stood for something, and that by the time she realized what the Empire was, she had made some mistakes, and now she's doing the best that she can to make up for them. 
and they're about to take the secret tunnel out, and all of a sudden, Obi-Wan feels a heavy disturbance in the Force. And so he ends up going to like these shutters that are at this maintenance building and looking out. And we see the Inquisitors had landed on the planet. And then, not only were the Inquisitors there, they're all lined up, but we see Boots walking, the camera's panned down, just Boots walking, and then it kind of shows up here, the camera moves its way up, and we see Darth Vader, Anakin, in full Darth Vader suit. Obi-Wan sees him in that way for the very first time, because he's never seen... Let's go! Yeah, he's never seen... Obi-Wan's Hell never yeah. seen Darth Vader. You know, he's seen Anakin, how Anakin was in the prequels. He's never seen Anakin in the Darth Vader suit. This is the very first time Obi-Wan sees Anakin in the full Darth Vader suit, and that was badass, so... This is what we were talking about for the past couple episodes, too, when we were saying the Vader's in his absolute prime here. He's fucking ruthless. He starts walking through the villages, and he's using the Force. He drags an innocent civilian out of the fucking window, Force-choking him, and the son of that guy tries to run out and help him, and Vader just Force-throws the guy on the ground, snaps his neck (laughs) in 10 seconds. All he was trying to do was defend his dad. didn't even do anything to him. He was just walking, and he was just... It was just like a show of force. No one did anything. No one was trying to stop him. Nothing. He just walked through, said, oh, there's a fucker in the window. Drag his ass out. He starts choking him. (laughs) Son comes out like, dad. And then, you know, he throws a kid against the damn wall and snaps the kid's neck in 10 seconds. Less than 10 seconds. And so the, um, and then Vader force throws him and we see the father's body on the ground. So we can assume that Vader killed the father as well. So the father and son are dead for no reason out of nowhere, and Tala is trying to grab Obi-Wan, he says, we have to go, and Obi-Wan tells Tala to get Leia to Alderaan, and he's going to stay back to lead the bad guys away, then as Vader continues to walk through the village, he force drags a woman, again, for no reason, just drags her on the ground, (laughs) just like this, no F's given, man, didn't give a single fuck at all, this is a poor woman just sitting there, and he's just dragging her through the dirt with the forest for no reason. And uh, he's about to attack these other kids that are hiding behind these barrels. And then I think he finally sensed Obi-Wan's presence and turned his attention in that direction. Then Reva starts to move, but the fifth brother reminds her of her orders how they're to sweep the town and search for others. Now Obi-Wan, he takes off running along the outskirts of the town. He's like trying to get away from the, draw them out and away from where Tala is taking Leia through the secret tunnel. And he gets a little bit of ways on the outskirts of town, but he ends up face to face with Vader, who ignites his red lightsaber. And all he does is they stare at each other for a quick couple seconds, and Obi-Wan like, like tries to figure out what he's going to do. And he fucking takes off running. And so, like, Vader ends up <laughs> like disengaging his lightsaber. Just, what is going on with our boy, man? He would have never done that. He would have never done that back in the day. No, he's just running scared. I don't know, man. That's crazy. Yeah, okay. it, was, it was weird. He takes off running, and uh, Vader ends up calling out to him, which causes Obi-Wan to ignite his blue lightsaber. And Vader says, you cannot run, Obi-Wan. And then they come face to face again. Obi-Wan asks him, What have you become? And Vader replies, I am what you made me. Then Obi-Wan takes off running again. <laughs> so, the, the, the scene then shifts to the town, and Reva is searching for clues as to who has been assisting Kenobi, and she finds the correct maintenance building. And then the scene shifts to Leia and Tala running along the secret path and then the scene moves back to Reva, who's searching that unit. And from that point, the scene cuts to Obi-Wan, and as he's running, Vader attacks him from the side by surprise, and it hits, like, like he pulls out his saber, and Obi-Wan blocks it just in time. And we get our very first saber battle of the series. Like, we've seen sabers come out, like when Reva cut off that villager's hand, like when she stabbed the Grand Inquisitor through the stomachs. We've seen the sabers used. We've never seen a saber battle. This is the first battle of the series, and it's pretty cool. And what I really took away from this battle here is Vader's just way stronger than Obi-Wan. Vader's walking him down with no effort. And Vader even tells him, says, The years have made you weak. And then the scene from that point moves to Tala and Leia, and they're running down that secret tunnel, and Tala looks back wondering if she should go and return and try to help Obi-Wan, because Obi-Wan 
basically is alone against all the Inquisitors, all the Stormtroopers, and Darth Vader. And she's like, shit, he might need some help. He might need some help. And so Leia looks at her and says, go. And then the scene moves to Reva, who is scouring the building, and then back to Tala and Leia. And Tala tells Leia to keep running until she reaches the port and that a pilot will meet her there. And they hug, and Leia says, bring him back. So now we get back to the Obi-Wan and Vader battle. And Obi-Wan is struggling. He's using both hands to fight. And Vader's just easily overtaking him with just one hand. The shit's crazy. Like, he's just, like Obi-Wan's trying to uh, like, hold him like, back, and Vader <laughs> just has one fucking hand and just walking his ass down. And it's not even really a close contest of arms. He's getting his ass kicked. Talking about Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan's getting his ass fucking whooped. Then Vader ends up force-pushing Obi-Wan across the ground, and he tells him, you should have killed me when you had the chance. And at this point, Obi-Wan ends up cutting some wires and causes a smoke screen, which gives him a little bit of time to run off and try to regroup. And <laughs> try to run away again. <laughs> that, that's, all he's, that's all he's been doing, but I guess he's just trying to lead him away from the town and give him as much, give Leia and Tal as much time as possible. But anyways, the scene moves back to Reva, and she finds the hidden room with the Jedi writings on the wall and opens the entrance to the secret tunnel. Then we get back to Obi-Wan, and he's running, but Vader's in hot pursuit. Then Vader force throws a crate of rocks on the ground. Then he uses the force to lift Obi-Wan off the ground and then takes his saber and drags it across those rocks, igniting them into flames. And Vader says, Now you will suffer, Obi-Wan. And Vader, Vader grabs Obi-Wan by the force, drags him into the fiery rocks, burning him. And Obi-Wan's just crying out in agony. And Vader says, Your pain has just begun. He just fucking throws him in this fire and just has him dragging through the coal embers and is burning his shoulder and it's like it's it's tough to watch (laughs) like we said he he gets no fucks man so then we get to this part where tala runs up to a vantage point which is overlooking the scene of obi-wan and vader's battle and obi-wan in the fire and vader finally force pushes him out of the embers and tells the troopers to bring obi-wan to him and so one of the troopers goes to grab kenobi but tala shoots him from her vantage point then the group is confused, and Tala shoots again, and she hits what looks like a cable line, and it reignites the fire to burn even higher and stronger than before, and it creates a sort of fire barricade between Vader and Kenobi. And none of the stormtroopers seem to be able to get through it, and so that's when we get this full circle moment of the action speak louder than words with this loader droid, because the loader droid picks up Kenobi and carries him off while the stormtroopers are freaking out, saying that they can't get through. And Vader's just standing there looking through the flames. And I thought that was kind of weird. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But anyways, from that point, the scene moves to the other Inquisitors. And they got word that Kenobi had help and that they lost him. And at that point, the scene moves back to Tala and the loader droid, Ned 8. I'm sorry, Ned B. And Tala tells the droid to ready the transport because they have to get Kenobi to Javim. At that point, we shift over to Leia. And she's running and she's getting to the end of the secret tunnel where Reva is already raiding for her. And Reva says, Don't be afraid. Come closer. And Leia says, Are you the one I'm supposed to meet? And Reva responds, Unfortunately, they couldn't make it. But I'll take you from here. Then the screen pans out, and we see the pilot either dead or unconscious on the ground, and Leia starts to run back through the tunnel, and the episode ends. And so that's the ending of episode three here, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. I don't know, Chase. How do we do? Did we cover all the big points? Is there anything else that you had that I didn't have in there? Tell me how we did. No, that was badass, man. Um, Quick side note, I did like kind of the references they make to the prequels and that sort of thing in this one. That quick little reference with uh, Quentin on the wall, I had to look this up. I thought it was interesting. That was a reference, as I've never actually seen this, but it was a reference to Clone Wars. There was, I guess, a Jedi Quentin Voss that. Uh, his name's Wars. Quinlan. 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 Okay, gotcha. Quinlan, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I thought that was really interesting that they were bringing in those notes there. But yeah, on, a, on another note, man, I mean, this is a prime example of what happens when you go into hiding for practically 10 years while the other guy for 10 years has been training and building this fucking empire, not giving a fuck. You got to think, too, going to Vader at this point, he's probably been waiting for this moment for 10 years. Like, this is where he doesn't give a fuck. Like, if you put yourself in his shoes, I don't agree with what he did at all. I think he's probably, one could argue, 
probably the most known villain in all of like the fantasy sci-fi universe. I mean, I can see how he wouldn't give a fuck at that point. He's just ripping people to shreds. Like, like I'm sure he realized, like, if he's here, I'm going to tear down every fucking person in this town until I find him here. And that's where he was probably ripping people out. I think it's fucked up. But, man, we get to see Vader at his peak. Anakin Skywalker at his peak, man. it's It was what one could say... As a Star Wars fan, I know you've waited for this too. We probably waited, what, 20 years to see something like this? This is absolutely fantastic. It was great to finally see this moment and talk about a full circle moment. I don't think it gets any better than that. I agree with you. I, I thought what it really showed me was how fucked the good guys were. Just because Obi-Wan, we mentioned this a few times, he was one of the greatest warriors. And even Anakin himself, remember some of the things he used to say about Obi-Wan when he was Obi-Wan's apprentice. He was saying, Obi-Wan is as wise as Master Yoda and as strong as Master Windu. And so we had, everyone has the Obi-Wan on this high pedestal, but that fight wasn't even close. Like, Vader kicked his ass. Obi-Wan was barely like struggling to survive that battle. It was just, you saw what the years had done to him. Vader said it. The years have made you weak. And that's what happens. Like you mentioned it, when you go into hiding for ten years, and the other guy is sitting here with one one goal in mind: is I'm gonna find your ass and I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna get my revenge <laughs> for what you did to me on that fucking planet. Took my arms and legs off. Uh, I, like, all he's been doing this entire time was just waiting for this moment, building his strength, building his army, so that way he could find Kenobi and, and take him out. And he had the perfect opportunity here. Uh, give me your takeaways on it. Was, what were some of the things that you liked, that you disliked? How would you rate the episode on a scale of 1 to 10? Give me, give me your thoughts there. I mean, I, uh, I love the... You know, what's funny is we were talking about build-ups and stuff for series earlier. I actually do love the way the build-up has been for this series. This was this episode. Like, this was that finally moment where you got to see you know the big bad guy that everyone's talked about in full force and you kind of i wish you kind of got to see a little bit more backbone from our boy (laughs) obi-wan but at the same time it brought an emotional level to it where you realized this was no contest like in a way you could see i think if i put myself in obi-wan's shoes i could understand i don't like that he ran away because as we know obi-wan in his prime in my opinion would never do something like that just like when he walked up to anakin on mustafar that was literally like his brother one could even say basically like a son to him that he raised you know trained and raised up you know uh if you're not with me then you're my enemy obi-wan said i will do what i must like even at that point wasn't backing down and i think the reason you're having him back away at this point is you know jedi and sith and all these force sensitive people i think he realized like the minute he saw he got that sense that vader was off that ship this is someone i can't fuck with almost like gandalf when he realized the balrog was coming like you had you know he realized like yeah this is my one chance to let everyone get away in a way it was kind of like that like i think it was more like obi-wan like like he's he's gone so far past me and i haven't trained over this years i know i i can't just like iron man said you know we're not here to trade blows with this guy like all i can really do is even buy anyone time like he's going to kick my ass like all i can really do is is kind of buy the time i have so i get that but I thought it was excellent. On a rating level, I would probably put it... I like that it wasn't very slow-paced. The writing was excellent with the full circle moments. And you really had that relationship keep building with Leia and Obi-Wan here. And you have the references to like how you're saying with Padme. And how he kind of saw that in her. And to me, that line was saying more of, you know, I wish I was your father because, you know, what the guy that was was really like my biggest failure and biggest regret is kind of what that said to me so with all those full circle moments and the writing was fantastic and then you had this 
stunning, ruthless scene, which is what we've all been waiting for, which is what we knew. Even Vader in the originals, though, like Vader was ruthless in the originals, but we've never seen him like that. Like that's something like even Cersei Lannister, I don't think she would have done that. Like that was fucking crazy. But um, so yeah, I'm going to give the episode, uh, I don't think anything's perfect. I'm going to give it an 8.9. I thought the episode was good. What about you? So, there are two big issues I had with this episode. And I wrote them down here. And it really did bother me. Because from my understanding, from what we've come across in this series so far, what is Vader wanted? He's wanted to take Kenobi and capture Kenobi and make him suffer for what he did to him, right? So, my issue is... Why the fuck did Vader just stand there and let Obi-Wan get taken to safety? We just saw him use his wide array of force skills. And you're telling me that he couldn't just lift Kenobi across a fire and have him as a prisoner versus telling his troops to bring him, then, then all of a sudden they're being held back to fire by the fire? What the fuck was that? Like, we just saw him throw him up in the air, grab him, put him down across the fire. You're telling me he couldn't just lift him up and dra- like bring him through the air across the big wall of fire and like he couldn't have just grabbed him from that? He just stood there and watched. It made no sense to me. So it's like, uh, how, did, how are we supposed to... Uh, and then we, not, not for nothing as well, too... Next, uh, in two episodes from now, we see what Vader's capable of with the Force in terms of what he does to a certain uh, space shuttle. Like, I don't, like, you're telling me he <laughs> couldn't pick up this body that he already dragged around the damn dirt and bring it across. And if he didn't want to burn one because he's afraid to catch him on fire, you tell me he couldn't bring it up in the air over the damn wall and nothing? He just stood there and watched as Obi-Wan was taken to safety. So I, I hated that. It made no sense to me. We just saw his skill set. We saw him walk to the village, snap this kid's neck with barely moving his wrist. And we saw him drag this woman on the ground, just having his hand out flat. Like he was the, he was dragging this woman with less effort than it took him to walk. Uh, and then we see him battle Obi-Wan one-handed with his lightsaber, walk, him, walk his ass down. Like I said already, drag him through this fire thing, have him in the air, use the force to knock different things down at the same time. And you're telling me there was just no possible way he could have got Kenobi from the other side of the fire to his possession like that's what you're trying to convince me it made no fucking sense that is one of the <laughs> biggest things i hated from this episode so that's why i could never give this a perfect rating because that really fucking bothered me the second thing that bothered me and this isn't as big of a deal but it's still i didn't like it was when reva sees the entrance to the secret tunnel because this is towards the end remember she saw the writing on the wall and she opened the secret tunnel and she sees the path there you're telling me that she went to the proper port that that tunnel was attached to in two seconds because that, that yeah. happened kind of yeah. right away that, that, it, it was that. a it was a quick sequence of events of okay she found that secret tunnel and all of a sudden she founds the correct because i'm assuming there's different ports on that planet right there can't be just one port so she found the correct yeah. one that that's what it was attached to in 10 seconds because when leia ended up running through she was already there and took out the pilot and waiting for her and if you t- go by the sequence of scenes, it happened in like four scenes. So you're telling me it, it took her t- like less than two minutes to find the correct port that that was attached and she just found the right one, took the pallet out, and was standing there waiting by the time Leia finished going through the tunnel that she had already started going through well before Reva even found it. So that was another thing I just had an issue with. It didn't make sense to me. You're like trying to, I don't know, lead me to believe that the, sh- the, the amount of time it took Leia to run through the tunnel that she already knew was there and had an opening to it. Reva found that tunnel, found the connecting part of the tunnel, took out the pilot, and was sitting there waiting by the time it took a straight shot run. That doesn't make sense to me. So those are the two issues that I had. Before I give my rating, do you do you agree there? Did you have did you kind of notice that? What is like? What are your thoughts on what I just mentioned between these two things that I had an issue with? Yeah, I agree with you 100%. That was bullshit. <laughs> I think what happened was they wrote. I got to be honest, I think the writers kind of wrote themselves into a corner in that moment. I think the reason they brought the fire, in my personal opinion, I think that was kind of a small full circle moment where he was trying to give, they were trying to give the audience a relation back to Mustafar when Anakin was going through that. So he was kind of putting him through the torture there. But that's, there's, if Vader is this powerful, you're telling me an exploding tank is going to stop him from getting what he's wanted all these years? 
but yet he can pull someone through a window and snap their neck and <laughs> you know and and obi-wan hasn't really put up much of a battle here and he's laying on the ground wounded you know um i agree 100 i think in my personal opinion the way they which you know i'm not here to say like how the writers should have wrote things and stuff but i think all um, um, honestly I think the only thing that really would have gotten Obi-Wan out of that situation, which is what they could have wrote in, because you had the character there, say if Leia saw what was going with Obi-Wan and ran out to him, maybe that would have triggered some emotional response from Vader and he would have stopped, but that would have opened up another can of worms. You don't think that you think he would have killed her right in front of his own fucking daughter? Dude, he, <laughs> well, he didn't. Well, number one, he doesn't know it's his daughter. He has no clue he that. He doesn't, but you would think maybe, like, with how. Did you Leia's see what shown. he did to the damn kid that walked through the window? He's like, he tried to run <laughs> out and defend his, defend his dad, and he's like, no, fuck yourself, and snapped his neck. Like, you know, you think he gave one damn shit about a kid running to Obi-Wan's aid? No, absolutely <laughs> Well, not. you would think you would pick up on some sort of Metachlorian count there, but at the same time, it, the problem is then you wrote yourself into a corner. Like, what the fuck is going to stop that guy? Like, basically, Obi-Wan should have been fucked here, honestly. Exactly. I think that's exactly what should happen. I think Obi-Wan should have been taken. <laughs> what? Think, you can't kill he, off Obi-Wan, man. No, not not kill him off. But this is what should have happened, in my opinion. If, if I was the writer, this is what I would have done. I would have actually flipped the script here and did opposite on two things. So, I would have had Vader take Obi-Wan captive. Because that's what he wanted. He, he wants to make Obi-Wan suffer. So, mm-hmm. that's why he said, bring him to me, to his troopers, to grab Obi-Wan. And then he was going to have... Uh, Obi-Wan as a prisoner and he was going to torture him. So I would have had Vader take Obi-Wan, get him you know, and, and have him, and then I would have made it so that Reva didn't get to Leia in time and they got off that planet, like Tala and, and Leia got off the planet and they go do a rescue mission and free Obi-Wan later on in some of the other two episodes, a couple episodes that are remaining. That's what I would have done because it would have made more sense in my brain that, hey, Reva's not going to get to that ship in time. And maybe she can get there right before it takes off but still not be there in time to stop it. That would have been awesome. That would have made more sense to me. And then, like, Leia convinces Tala to convince the path to help get break Obi-Wan out from when he's, where, where he's trapped with Vader. I think that would have been way cooler. And it, it would have made more sense because there's just no way in hell you're going to convince me that Vader could not have taken Obi-Wan captive in that moment. He absolutely could have. And the fact that that's how they had him escape makes no sense. Have Obi-Wan taken prisoner, have Leia and Tala escape, and have Leia use her little 10-year-old powers and of command and how she's got that little energy inside of her that reminded her of everyone of her mother Padme, convince the path to like, okay, we've got it. we got to get Kenobi out of here because he's the only chance. Like if, the, if he falls, what else do we have, right? So then they end up doing a rescue mission and end up getting Obi-Wan out that way that's what i think should have happened that's what i would have liked to do so i don't know what do you think on that end i think it would have been good my only issue is at that point is it check in mate like i mean we're not going to go into what happens at the end of this series but i mean do you think obi-wan has the power in him to manage some time a some type of uh, force ability to take on vader in that position i mean you're playing vader on his own home court there that's the issue I have is I I, I get that 100% and I, I agree with you 100% that's what should have happened from a writer perspective. I think that's the only logical situation, but I think Obi-Wan's fucked. You got to pull a Ned Stark at that point, man. I think now that would have been probably the most shocking Star Wars moment ever in history if that was it. Like say he just killed Obi-Wan there, you know, that and it was check and mate like it should have been. I agree with you, but then, like, everyone's fucked. Like, well, that's the end of the story. The issue with that is he couldn't have killed Obi-Wan because we go by the timeline of events. Obi-Wan's still in the original trilogy. You know what I mean? And, right, yeah, yeah. okay. So, yeah. Like, he, so couldn't, he wouldn't have been able to kill Obi-Wan, but right. that's what I'm saying is, like, he his biggest thing is he wants to make Obi-Wan suffer. So, eventually, he's going to kill Obi-Wan, eventually, yes, but he's, it's going to be probably years of suffering or whatever, however long Vader wants to make it last for. And so mm-hmm. my thing is that he takes Obi-Wan prisoner and tortures him or whatever. And then maybe he has business that like Palpatine has him do somewhere else. And in that little thing, they make a dash and try to, to prison break Obi-Wan, so to speak. And maybe Vader comes back right as they're trying to get out. And he ends up escaping by like the hair, like, like a little tiny hair of a second or whatever. That would have been cooler. And it would have made more sense to me. 
I just don't like the way I that could, I could get that, but then you got to bring Palpatine into it. Dear Lord, we saw what a disaster that was last time we saw him on screen. Well, not for <laughs> not for nothing. He is kind of brought in. I don't want to give anything away, but at the end of the series, he is kind of he, he's yeah, a little, yeah, just, yeah. But I'm saying like back in the chair, and I just don't know. <laughs> but I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think that's a good way. I I don't think. I don't know. I, I would find it hard to believe Vader would kill a 10-year-old. But, I mean, I guess, guess that's, you know, he's he, talking I mean, about going mad. He is AWOL. What, what, <laughs> what did he do sure. in Revenge of the Sith? He walked in that fucking Jedi Temple and killed all the kids. Okay, <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. You got me on that one. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Yeah, that, that's fucked up, man. <laughs> that's fucked up. And then uh, the second part of your question, what was the second part again? I want to make sure. Yeah, well, how right. Reva just ended up being able to find that tunnel and then get to the correct port where the ending of that secret tunnel was out of the fucking clear blue sky. I, I hated that. That was the dumbest shit I've ever seen. It, I mean, we're talking about, you know, we just got off Lord of the Rings and how they were on the edge of a knife. Like, that wasn't edge of the knife. Like, you, you pulled a lottery ticket and happened to get the right number? That doesn't make any sense to me, but fine. I mean, I, I think exactly what happened here. I mean, I don't have any... I, I I enjoyed this episode for what it was, but nitpicking in detail, I think the writers wrote themselves into a corner and were like, how the fuck do we pull this off? And they didn't think of all the outlooks. I think that would have been a great idea, what you're saying. Just... It, they, I think they really, really had built this up in their head where they were so hyped up for this one moment then they were kind of like well fuck like after we do that what do we do <laughs> like i think like I, I, agree, I agree with you though um those were kind of fucked up but you know uh i guess you know uh vader is a you know he's uh his kryptonite is um is gas tanks that are sitting <laughs> gas tanks that are flammable man we know he doesn't cook much so i guess that's why even though he's wearing a fucking suit <laughs> that prevents him from getting burnt <laughs> no i agree with you though 100 percent on that yeah those are just some of the issues i had but overall as an episode i thought it was really cool uh they they like you had mentioned with the little winks back to the original trilogy, to some parts during the Clone War era, to you know the the whole illusion uh, of Padme and, and Leia, their kind of their similarities that they hold, and how it's brought to Obi Wan's mind, and, and the reminiscence there, and and the battle itself was pretty cool. Even though Obi Wan got his ass kicked, it was so cool to see them have a quick little duel, and we really and that I think that more than anything really shows us how how far Obi-Wan has fallen from his status. And, you know, all of that considered, including the issues that I had with it, I, I am willing to give this episode an 8.7 out of 10. I think 8.7 out of 10 is fair. It, it had a lot of great moments, but those two things really bothered me, especially the Vader one. The Vader one really did bug me so much because you just had this whole thing where you showed all his ability and all his power, and all of a sudden, a big wall of flames and a loader droid picking him up is going to stop <laughs> Vader from getting Obi Wan. I just, it's tough for me to swallow that, but it is what it is. Those those are what, like my thoughts and takeaways on it. But go ahead and dive into any of the debates that you have for this episode. Yeah. Um... Hmm. I'll let you go first. So I, my my debate here is what would have happened if Obi-Wan would have just trusted Haja Estre and gotten to those coordinates and stayed there and waited for Tala to arrive? You know, does, does Vader even show up on the planet? Do they have this this problem at all? Does Vader come in and, you know, are they able to get to safety? Is he able to get Leia to Alderaan the way he wanted to? Because the whole thing was they were going to go here at... At, at Mapuzo, this planet, and they had the the path, the secret path that would have taken them to Jabim. Then they get new identities, whatever it needs to be. They get Leia back to safely in Alderaan. So, what would have happened if they would have just stayed the course and took the advice that was given to them and just trusted a little bit more? I guess I can say it's Obi Wan's fault. Like, did Obi Wan really kind of fuck up and put them in a bad spot? Right? Because at this point, Leia's... Well, I'm not going to say it yet, because all the way this episode ended was she was running down the tunnel away from Reva, but we can kind of get an idea of how that's going to go. And, you know, so I just... I guess my debate is, you know, did Obi-Wan screw them over? Because if he would have just... 
stuck to the plan, they could have gotten off Mapuzo, they could have gotten the Jabim, and she could have got back to Alderaan, and, and Vader and the Inquisitors would have been none the wiser. But no, they ended up having to go deal with this fucking, the, the, the seeker droid that recognized him, and then now everyone's flying to Mapuzo, and Vader's you know, just fucking showing his power and destroying everything, and now we got this whole predicament that could have been avoided. So, I don't know, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, and what was his name? The driver Freck or something? His name was Freck or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, he was awesome. He was like, nothing wrong with the little order. <laughs> like, just like a good old boy that minds his business, man. Nothing wrong with the good old empire. That's why I've always been a Sith on this end. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyways, uh, but yeah, no, I, I think... Um, that's a tough one. Because then you have to think about I mean yeah I mean I guess it depends though if Reva based on Vect Nakru where he was back you know where he kidnapped Leia you get all the way back to that point you wonder if there's stormtroopers in that area so I think eventually at some point this was just a fate of Obi-Wan that he would have to face Vader this is just the way fate was going to go down because the Empire is everywhere, so it's not exact. I mean, I get it. I, I think for a time period, maybe that would have worked. But I think eventually, you know, Reva's put a bounty on Obi-Wan's head now. They've taken Leia, so they know where Leia's been. Like, they clearly know where Leia's been. So I, I think then it would have been to a point where maybe Obi-Wan would have just not obi-wan but obi-wan would have ran off and then vader would have gone to leia's adopted parents and started doing what he was doing to those people inside the shelter homes i mean i i think it would have probably come down to that because i mean based on what we were saying you know i i think now this is the thing is vader's finally got his little glimpse where he's been searching for 10 years I, and now that he knows this is what drew him out, someone's going to draw him back out again, I would think. So my opinion is I think it would have bought them some time. But yes, Obi-Wan clearly messed up. If I hate to say this, man, but I mean, it's not just his physical ability. And I'm an Obi-Wan guy. I love Obi-Wan. But it's not just physical ability. You can almost tell how mental sharpness has gone down for him over 10 years. If you go back to episode one with Qui-Gon Jinn, uh, I still remember when, you know, they were in wherever they were with all the droids, like right at the beginning of the film. You know, if you go back and really watch that, you look at Obi-Wan and he almost like thinks before he makes any moves. Now he was hesitant because he was still being trained by Qui-Gon Jinn. But Qui-Gon had him almost like think about every move he made before then. And then just where you're going back into the visions with Anakin here, it's like he's so shocked by the moment. It's almost like if you had a bad experience and you're having PTSD and can't get over it. And it's really clouding the way you're thinking or you have something bad happen. So you're at work or doing something and you can't really think to get through the day. He should, based on, he's at the tail end of this mission, and the problem is he can't think clearly, and it's causing him to make mistakes. And the problem is here, it's, the stakes are so high, the simplest mistake will sacrifice everything. And I hate to say it, but that small mistake really fucked him. I think it really messed him up too. Now, so your other points, I'm not so sure because remember they got on to Mapuzo from Dayu, and Dayu is where they left uh, Vect and the other, I would say bounty hunters, whatever you want to call them. Because uh, I just don't, I don't think they would have known because they were they were able to get off of that planet just fine. I know Reva was shouting as the cargo ship was flying, like "We will find you, we will destroy you." <laughs> I fucking hated that, but um, they didn't know where where he was, you know, and so. The, the most information they had where they said she came back to their planet where the Inquisitor's base was and you know he's in the mining system. So they know he's in the mining system because it was a cargo store. So they, they just, but there's so many different aspects and avenues of where the mining system is. It's been very, very difficult to find them. And so I do believe that they could have... Like you said as well, obviously it was, it was the fate that they'd have to face each other, Obi-Wan and Vader. 
But I definitely think they could have at least got Leia back to safety. I definitely think they could have gotten off of that planet without any issue. And I think he made a mistake. But I also say this. I also believe that Leia made a mistake. Although it's more forgivable for a 10-year-old to make a mistake. Because why the heck would you just jump on the back of this cargo... or this, I'm sorry, this transport vehicle with this alien that you've got no idea. We're talking about Freck here. Instead, all we, all we wanted was directions. If he was just able to get the directions back, they probably could have circumvented that and were able to get off. But no, Leia was had to try to show her worth or like you know prove that she is capable and ends up making the decision for them. And now they're stuck on the back of this transport vehicle, and he's the one that betrayed them to the trooper. He's like, "Hey, I found some strangers. You might want to check them out." And this is right at that inspection spot where like, the laser barrier was, right? So, if I do, I think both things are true. I think Obi Wan screwed them because he was so un mistrusting but you have to almost understand why obi-wan is mistrusting the person he put all his faith in ended up becoming the worst villain of all time so like, of course you're going to be a little hesitant to trust after that you had your the person you consider the closest to you you didn't have a wife he didn't have a family he was taken from his family as a young jedi anakin was the closest thing obi-wan had to a family member and what ended up happening there, and he, he, he considers Anakin his biggest failure, he ended up becoming the most heinous villain of all time. He's still the most recognizable villain, probably in the fantasy fiction universe, as you mentioned before. So, to me, it seems like it, it would be tough to trust anyone. It would be a hard time to, to just be like, okay, someone here is trying to help me. Especially Dayu... There was a lot of weird individuals on there, and that Haja guy was already caught screwing people families out of money. Like he did to get them to safety, <laughs> but he was screwing them out of money. Then the other girl tried to sell him drugs as soon as he just hopped off the ship. And that die. So I get where his hesitancy comes from. It's like just I don't necessarily blame him on that end. But if he would have just tried and just stood there for a little bit, I think they could have avoided a lot of stuff. But then on top of that too, I also think that they could have taken. Obi-Wan's route of, okay, we're just going to assume this is this is a waste of time and it was a lie, and we'll get back our own way. I think they could have done that as well if Leia doesn't basically force them to get in Freck's ship. Or not ship, I'm sorry, transport vehicle. And that's, we get we have that issue. So, I I definitely think Obi-Wan made, mis made a mistake here, but I can see why. I also think Leia screwed them over as well. But at the end, they were destined to meet. They were destined to go face to face. I just do believe that if they tweak things a little bit differently, we wouldn't have the issue that they ran into. Like, yes, they would have come face to face at some point, and maybe this was all necessary for Obi Wan to you know, face these trials and tribulations the way that he did, and that's fine because of what's gonna we're gonna come up here in future episodes, the next couple of them. Well, I just definitely think that they made it harder on themselves than they had to. So that that's my debate and my thoughts on it. What debate do you got? Yeah, my thought here is, so here's my debate for today. So when this mission originally started, it was just to retrieve Leia back and get her back to where she was, you know, residing. So keep in mind, even though we know Vader is alive here and Obi-Wan knows now, when this first started, you think back to episode one, he didn't even know Anakin was still alive. So his thought was literally just get Leia back, get her safe. Do you think now that this has kind of been messing with his head, now that he's been seeing visions and this sort of thing, this hasn't turned into just a mission. He is, this is more personal for him based on what he remembers in the past. And this is, not just about getting Leia back, but it's more personal because he feels like it's responsive his responsibility after what happened with Anakin. That's a really good question and a topic that you picked because I can see it from a few different viewpoints. I still think the overall mission in, in this timeline in this sequence is to get Leia to safety. But now that he knows Anakin's alive, and that when he sees what Anakin's become, I wouldn't say so much as that he feels... I know he definitely feels responsible for everything that's happened to Anakin and what Anakin's become. But I would say at this point, let's just say they get 
Leia to safety, and that hit, this mission is complete. Let's just say, that just for argument's sake, for the sake of this debate, Leia's back in Alderaan, she's safe with the Organas. I definitely think Obi-Wan at that point takes a more vested interest in bringing down the Empire. I think he was very... He resigned himself to the fate of, I'm just going to live out my life as normal as possible, try to keep you know, from making any waves, and I'll cut my... my the the fucking buffalo meat or <laughs> whatever cutter, it is baby. yeah i'll be a meat cutter for the end of my days and you know if luke starts showing some jedi potential i'll i'll train him the best i can but i think he was very much okay with staying in the back scenes and into the shadows and not really diving into it but now that vader has resurfaced and he knows anakin's alive i think maybe he believes he can help and bring him back and maybe create some level of understanding and reach the Anakin inside of Vader that he once knew and considered his family, his brother. And so I think he takes definitely more of a, an approach where he tries to take down the Empire regime and, and, and reach Anakin in a way to pull Anakin back to who he was before he went to the dark side. That's what I think. I, I don't think it's necessarily... I must kill him, and I like. I don't think it's one of those things where I I'll do what I must, and and feel he feels like he's the one that's gotta end Anakin's life or whatever. I just think he feels in my mind if I'm Obi Wan, and I I'm thinking I have another chance to redeem this guy. Like I like I, my biggest failure. This is this this was my responsibility. I was supposed to train this guy. I was supposed to prevent him from ever being lured by the dark side. This is my chance to. Com- what I was meant to do for this kid I'm going to do right by him here and so I think he does thwart a lot of Vader's maybe evil plans and things and maybe they battle a few times I just don't, I don't think it's like cut and dry as okay he's alive I gotta finish the job and kill him I don't think it's, it's like that I think this mission specifically was to get Leia to safety but now that Vader is back into play Obi-Wan comes out of his hole in the ground so to speak and He's okay with taking more of a step into the light again of, I'm going to do my best to, to right my wrong, so to speak. So that's that's what I think. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I think this is the only thing that truly would draw Obi-Wan out of what he was doing. I get it. Leia was captured, and of course he wants to help her after. But even Leia's adopted father had to basically beg him to do that. I think this is the one thing that really draws him out. And um, I agree with you. I think it's more of a personal reason that would draw him out, not just even from the responsibility piece. I think he would feel a responsibility after he's seen all those people. However, there is a quote at a last episode that I can't give away yet that really supports your point there. Uh, And, you know, he was to say... Like, maybe this would have been the chance where he would have been able to try to get Anakin back to where, you know, at least uh, somewhat of a glimpse of what Anakin used to be. Um, so I think that's, I to answer my own question here, I would say it was originally just a mission. But And I don't think it's exactly become to the point of, like, this is my personal mission. I'm going to do what I want to do. But I think it's definitely made him more intrigued by the scenario is is what's going on. I would say it's no longer... It is about getting Leia home. But I think, in my opinion, I think it's now... I want to be like, I want to double check to make sure like you make it home safely. Like, I feel like it's my personal responsibility to check to make sure you're there versus I'll just put you in the hands of Tala or someone else um, because of what I've seen is now up against you, which I didn't know was there. Uh, But to answer the second part, like you were saying, I think that is the only thing that would have drawn him out. But yeah, man. Anything else you had for today? No. The only other thing I would say is just to compound and build on what you just said there as well. We also got to remember the relation of who Darth Vader is to Leia. And Obi-Wan knows that. 
like that's her, that's her father right so that that plays another role into it as well and the, we see if leia sees all that this and all she's gonna see is this dude in the suit she's not gonna know who it is yeah relation but in obi-wan's mind he's like fuck like not only do we have like this evil thing and i've got to get her to safety we've got a whole another you know flip of the coin where shit this isn't this isn't just a bad guy this is also her father uh, so uh yeah, yeah I, I think that that would definitely would play a, a factor into you know coming back into the fold so to speak of you know undermining the empire and trying his best to to reach anakin in a in a way that he hasn't been able to and try to pull him out of the out of the dark so to speak so no that's the only thing else i would add on that end i mean outside of that just really looking forward to the the next episode here going into episode four next week you know it's been great going through this episode by episode we see how it's built little by little to this mini climatic moment this is like the mid climax here we got to see what obi-wan looks like in his current state against top competition and he looks like shit right so we're gonna see from here are there any changes that are made and does anything happen to where if any if there's a future confrontation does the result change at all that's what you know it's a beautiful build to all of this and you know it's it's amazing going through it again and and re reigniting that that fire you have and and that nostalgia of of following these characters again after this time we always talk about it but outside of that this is your first time joining us uh, we hope you under, uh, really uh, like enjoyed what you heard today and that you stick around. And for the people who have been with us since day one, Chase always says, man, you're the shields that guard the realms of fantasy. We're very lucky to have you and, and uh, you know, hope that you stay around for a very long time while we continue the show. But in terms of where you can find us, we're on all forms of social media. On Instagram, we're at official ridiculous Patronus. On TikTok, we're at ridiculous Patronus. We have a backup Instagram at fact underscore or underscore fantasy. Backup TikTok at fact underscore or underscore fantasy. We have a Facebook fan page, Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy. We're on YouTube, ridiculous Patronus. We have our own site, ridiculouspatronus.blogspot.com. We're on Twitter, RP Factor Fantasy. We're on Snapchat, RP Factor Fantasy. So go ahead and please leave us those reviews, comment, audience engagement is really what we're about here. We'd love to hear your thoughts and takes on certain things that we talk about as well. And, you know, in terms of where you can do that and leave those reviews and those comments and find the podcast itself specifically, if you're an Apple user, you can find us on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. If you're an Android user, you can find us on Google Play or Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Acast, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase and Josh, Factor Fantasy are there. But we're out for the day because you know this has been another ridiculous production. Chase and Josh. Factor Fantasy. Signing off. off.